Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and joining me, not quite... Not quite yet hump day, but maybe might be our only show this week. We'll see how this one goes. Uh, welcome back, Zach Flash Celedonia. How's it going, buddy? Uh, you know, it's football season's not over with, but it sure feels like it's been a while when, that it's been over for a while for us, right? Hump day can be any day you want it to be. It's all about your mindset. You know what I mean? Uh. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, do, I miss Steelers football a lot. Yeah, that, that's I, I um. It's funny you bring that up because I've been seeing those tweets surface lately, people talking about how much they miss watching football. And yeah, I, I feel it a, a thousand percent. My life, I realize how boring my life is when there's no football on. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with, with my night? Uh, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, sometimes Tuesday night, uh, depending on the college football team. And Mac. it really is uh, a <laughs> little depression, man. That. I don't get sad when it's winter time, but I get sad when it's not football time. Yeah, USFL is right around the corner. XFL is around the corner. I hope. I hope these oh, two. Oh, I'm psyched! Don't get me started on the USFL, dude. You know Robert <laughs> Foster is uh, on the Pittsburgh Maulers. Is that his name? I don't Ruben. even remember anymore. What? Oh, you talk about Reuben Foster? Reuben Foster. Yes. See, I yes, don't even remember yes. his name anymore. But <laughs> the guy that we could have taken instead of T.J. Watt in the draft, or. He might have went before TJ got picked. He's on the Maulers now. And truth be told, he might be he might give you as good of a performance as Devin Bush or Miles Jackwood right now on the field. So mm. I'm very interested actually to watch the Maulers this year, um, led by Ruben Foster. Ruben Foster, the Maulers changed their colors to black and gold. So they're, they're getting with the program. They're getting with the program. They're playing in, in Canton, Ohio. They're going to play at the Hall of Fame. So it's a it's a short little drive for anybody who might actually. They they have what? Now they have like four uh, hubs for the USFL teams. So they were all playing in Birmingham last year. I believe it's now Birmingham, Canton. I don't remember the other two. I got to look them up. So there's two teams playing at each. And I forget yeah. who else was playing with the with Pittsburgh there in Canton, but they're getting closer and they're doing it as cost whatever prevention measures. I just hope that the talent pools don't cannibalize each other because there's really we talk about this with the National Football League and it's like there's not enough starting quarterbacks to go around as it is. And like the NFL is you're looking at backups and we're going to be talking about this maybe a little bit. Uh, because it's just like now all of a sudden, like we thought we were done talking about quarterbacks for the off season this year. And now people are talking about backup quarterbacks and it's like, you look around and it's, <laughs> it's slim pickets for the most part. And when you got guys like Luis Perez, for example, is like spring football legend. And uh, I'm he's, sure he's XFL goat, man. Yeah, Luis she... Perez. Don't tell me <laughs> about Luis Perez. I know who he is. Josh Johnson is going to probably end up somewhere too. <laughs> Oh, so. Josh Johnson's going to play. Honestly, man, he gets he, he he's starting to get a little bit of a bad rap because of what happened to him in the championship game. But I, I have nothing but respect for Josh Johnson. If I could be in the oh, NFL absolutely. for like 20 years and just bounce around as like QB4, sign me up, dude. I, that that sounds so fun. And he's probably making making more money than I am. He's making more money than a lot of people oh, are. So all I of us combined. Josh Johnson. Probably really most fun of our to listeners. Use 
Yeah, yeah, I'll take the paychecks. I mean, uh, a veteran men for he's getting up there in age, isn't he? Like thirty six or something. He's probably like that's probably well. The thing is though, he's getting weekly checks, so he's not like clearing like a full like seven hundred and fifty k. So he's getting whatever that is divided by seventeen weeks. But still, I mean, that's a that's a paycheck. Uh, that's someone's yearly salary for the most part. Yeah, I'll take it. Still, uh, I'll take that stipulations aside. Yeah, I'm I'm totally I'm totally there with you. Um, it's I don't know. It's hard though. The USFL I thought was like just oh, it's just so boring, man. I'd rather like oh yeah, that's uh, the just, problem with all bad. these newer no. leagues is that they they just can't catch fire. I try to give time and attention to every single one because I'm a football guy through and through, but I I can understand why it's been so hard for these leagues to catch fire since like the early 2000s is pretty much the last time that a league not the nfl had any kind of success so um yeah it, it's a tough deal and uh, for any other league to come in and really do anything i think that's why it's a smart strategy i think they they base it around not the nfl season because oh, people absolutely. like me we're so starved for football we'll, we'll watch anything yeah there's not a whole lot going on i think uh, pitchers and catchers will report it sometime during this and i mean if you're into baseball and you're a uh, Pittsburgh Pirates fan. That's about the only thing you really have to look forward to. It's the uh, spring training, maybe. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not this year, dude. <laughs> well, no, Kutch. We got okay, Kutch is but back. It's a different year. <laughs> it's this is gonna be our year. It's like, come on. If you're certain, like if you're certain teams with baseball, the, the pirates are like perpetually as bad as pretty much the Cleveland Browns. Well, Cincinnati Reds, if we're gonna stay within baseball, Cincinnati Reds have just been dreadful. It's like the owners just have no incentive to uh, for parody or anything else, they don't want to pony up the money like the Yankees or Dodgers or some of these other teams uh, yeah. like to. So yeah, the Pirates are terrible. Yeah, but but XFL had some. Uh, XFL had momentum. Like that's the St. Louis Battlehawks or whatever they were called. They they were putting like thirty thousand people there. Seattle were they Sea Dragons or whatever? Like uh, they were the Dragons. Now yeah. they're the Sea Dragons. Now they're the Sea Dragons. So it's the other way around. I know San Antonio Brahmas because you got the Rock Dwayne Johnson involved now, which is pretty cool. But uh, they were putting like th- both of those teams, Seattle and St. Louis, were putting like thirty some thousand in their seats, and then all of a sudden, uh, COVID landed and, and now, they couldn't. Put I was watching the XFL there. games. Yeah, I, I, I was, was too. I love, I love the one, two, three point extra point type play point after attempts i thought that was great the onside kick stuff the aaf had some good stuff with that too but the aaf man they pulled the plug on that just too quick uh but the xfl i mean i don't know like xfl had some momentum going for it at least with live attendance but um maybe even uh i dare i say it has uh it had even more momentum going for it well we're gonna get to that in a second let's talk about brian flores (laughs) while we're at it uh the pittsburgh steelers uh, a lot of people are saying that they lost the wrong coach. They re- they let the wrong coach go, and it's like um, they didn't necessarily let this guy go. They gave they him. They didn't let him go at all, man. I, I was just explaining it's this to my mom, who pulled up to drop me off some Chinese food for dinner. Shout out, mom. Thank you. <laughs> she pulled up and is like, "Are you sad about uh, Coach Flores?" And I was like, "No, like I I hadn't thought about it really at all." She's like, "Well, well, a lot of people are upset we let him go." I said, "Mom, we didn't let him go. <laughs> he was he was senior. He was some push like some cush uh, position with the Steelers that didn't really exist. Yeah, His senior defensive coordinator, linebackers coach. The linebackers coach part exists, but he was not making the kind of money you can make as an actual real deal calling the shots defensive coordinator. And that's what he's going to be in Minnesota. And this idea that he was 
going to be the pseudo shadow replacement for Tomlin over time. Dude, Tomlin could coach here for the next 10 years. Like, we don't know that. Like, Flores isn't going to stick around and yeah. just wait for Tomlin to retire. So I, I thought that – I thought it was known that the Flores thing was pretty much a one-year deal. If you were a betting man, you would have been able to see the odds and be like, dude, Flores, how long will he be in Pittsburgh? One year was probably the lead favorite on that because I was hoping for two, and then you get like the whole extra that. draft pick thing from him being there, and they took a shot in the dark on him, and hoping he was a that. former head coach. I, I, you know what though, I didn't see him taking the job, which he didn't. He didn't even go to the second interview. He took the job, the defensive coordinator job in Minnesota. Uh, if you didn't hear about that, which which head coaching job did he uh, not go to? Uh, he was going to have a second interview with the Arizona Cardinals, which <laughs> <laughs> makes total yeah. sense. Dude. That's a smart man right there. Oh, Even man. if the Vikings have endured the trauma they have as a franchise, if you're going to ask me of the situations to go to, I would have picked the Vikings over the Cardinals easily, dude. The Cardinals, they are, they're classically, it's almost a joke of how bad they are run. And they had that one run with Kurt Warner, but they've been irrelevant my entire life outside of that. Yeah, and they're stuck with the Kyler Murray contract. And if you don't like him as your quarterback and then the owners and I mean, Flores just dealt with this same thing with the ownership with the Miami Dolphins and with uh Tua Tagovailoa. And you think he's gonna go back to the same situation but in the West Coast? Like oh, exactly, that's just exactly. yeah, it's not the, gonna happen. I mean the Vikings aren't the Steelers that's... or the or the Packers or any kind of like historic franchise. Real, I mean, they're, they're they're kind of historic, I guess, but as far as winning, not really. And but they are they're definitely better ran than than the Cardinals. So I, oh, yeah. I I think it makes a lot of sense for him if he wants to go to a place with a little more stability, a little more pieces in place. The defense is terrible, so I think they probably told him like, come be DC, and uh, we'll give you influence on the draft, influence on free agency. We'll help you build the defense that you want to work with because. Uh, if they didn't say that, I mean, he's dumb because that defense <laughs> is terrible. Yeah, but you know what? Um, I was thinking about this all the wrong way, too. If Tomlin hung it up next year, what would prevent the Steelers from just interviewing Brian Flores then? Because he's just a defensive coordinator. He's not a head coach somewhere else. So they could, he could still be promoted. You know what I mean? Oh, I, think, could, I think that's what people yeah. are upset about, that that they – not, not entirely that, but they had this idea that he, not yeah, only would he be D.C. for a long time, but he could – replace Tomlin or secede Tomlin over but time. But he could still come back. You know what I mean? That's where Tomlin came from. Tomlin was DC in uh, Minnesota for like a year and then went and, and got the head gig with the Steelers. So Flores is still a young dude. He's still got plenty of, uh, plenty of football life left ahead of him. So it's, you know, never for say sure. never there. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's a weird flex when people get like all up in their feels about position coaches like Mike Munchak, I'll never hear the end of that. And the Steelers were like 29th or 30th running the football his last year's offensive line coach. Not to mention that all but like one of those offensive linemen was already a starter when he arrived. Uh, and and all pros for for the most part. I think Pouncey and DeCastro both were. But um, I digress. First round picks. He had, he had more first round picks to deal yeah. with. And like even when you tell people the facts that, you know, he wanted to leave because uh, what is it? His his kids or grandkids like lived in Denver. It was something like that. Yeah. But, like, yeah grandkids. He wanted to leave for family purposes mm -hmm. and he's an older coach and like he, it's a position coach. So if he can make a little bit more money elsewhere, it's, it, it wasn't like, Oh, the Steelers, like, oh, the you know what? You're going to keep oh, saying that about keep money. Him. 
somebody's gonna be like the Steelers are cheap the Rooney's are cheap that's why they have a small staff blah 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 it's like no that's the way they like to run it they don't need I've seen people like I want to say Pete Carroll has like 30 people like on the sideline how do you manage that when like you're you, you have like you don't even have like a two to one ratio between players and coaches how does that work like you know they're all I mean? gum guys they're all they all yeah. packs of gum ready to go yeah, it's I, I don't get that either. So it's like I'll never fault the Steelers. It seems like they have enough position coaches and whatnot. My um my XFL segue that I was going to do uh kind of got uh I was gonna segue it into the Pro Bowl. I was gonna say, does the XFL and the USFL actually have a little more going on for it than the Pro Bowl, which is down now another six percent in viewership year to year? And I watched this stuff over the week and I don't or weekend, whatever you want to call it. It's always been poorly, like heavily edited. It just doesn't like flow or, or roll. They were did you see any of it? They had like guys I probably had it on for like twenty minutes golfing. total over the weekend. At the at the golf range, like what was it, Justin Tucker or somebody? Like at the golf range, like let him kick a football on the golf range. That would be more impressive to me than watching these guys with their golf skills. Now, I'll, I'll say this much: it was that was interesting. But you have linemen, defense or offense, grabbing like the the water balloon to make and catching it, trying to make sure it doesn't smash or whatever. Like the quarterback skills thing, that's always been cool. The quarterback skills challenge was always awesome. Seeing guys like Dan Marino or For sure. I, I want to say like Troy Aikman or somebody, Steve Young, like they had the chalk on the football back in the day with the moving targets. Like that was awesome. That actually I see the Cordell me. clip go around yeah, a lot. Yeah. Those were, those were the days, man. That stuff was awesome. But like even this one was a little bit hokier with the drones, but it's new age. It's new technology. But what? why don't we have a bench press? They had this thing with Odell Beckham a couple years ago too where they dropped the ball from the drone from like 50 feet up in the air and he had to catch it or whatever and it's like some of these guys are judging it like up in the high noon or whatever in the sun and i always thought that was kind of neat they had the the best hands competition with it even had tight ends that were involved in that and they had to make like specific poses or catch a ball in a certain area for it to count yeah, that's a good one yeah but they didn't have any of that they, it was like uh, these pre-recorded crap crappy segments that they had and then a dodgeball game that uh was really choppy and edited and then uh, i think was it saquon got hit in the head and the guys yeah. are like, and they're like, you can't hit them in the head. And they're like, nope, game's over. And you get to the actual game and you can't run like Peyton Manning's team. Peyton Manning was all fired up and in the referee's face. And I'm like, wouldn't it be just totally like the NFL to have an officiating controversy, a screw up, a mess up of the rules uh, uh, during the Pro Bowl? Like that just that that just blew my mind, and then they were just like, "Nope, game's over." You know what? It's almost like whatever, six o'clock Eastern, ESPN. We don't have enough time to extend this. They actually have something else they need to make some ad money on. I guess it was still the most watched sports event of the weekend, which is still quite mind blowing, uh, to say the least. I guess uh, maybe the XFL <laughs> yeah, or USFL. Yeah, but there's there's nothing you could do to fix this now. I think they have just jumped the shark so far. The flag football could have been interesting, but you're not even playing by your own rules that you have set. Like, it's just the, the credibility is completely out the window. The players look like they are having fun, but it does look kind of ridiculous when you got guys wearing grills and sunglasses, like uh, ski, ski goggles, uh, Oakleys, and, you know, I'm just kind of like, uh, I don't know. Minka had like, and then they call it a tackle. You have Pat McAfee and you have Kirk Herbstreet doing play-by-play in color. And makeup makes like this like kind of shoestring, like reaching, sprawling, like 
tackle where he grabs a flag like midair as a, one of these guys caught it. I think it might have been Justin Jefferson. That was like, my wow. guy, dude, Minka, laying sweet. it all on the line. Monday in, in through football. Sunday. Doesn't matter what the competition level is. Minka Fitzpatrick's coming to play. Yeah, and you know what else? Uh, the Manning brothers were too. I'm not going to get... We, we do have a little bit of meat on the bones for this show besides just Pro Bowl stuff. I just don't think that the Pro Bowl is ever, ever, ever going to be back. No, uh, I agree. And, I, I think and, it's too far gone. Com- yeah. Football is too much of a complicated sport where the guys have to go a million miles a minute to play at their potential. It's too hard to pitter-patter in full pads. And I guess flag football for it is like somewhat the right path, but I think the only option for the Pro Bowl is, and the NFL would never do this because they love money more than anything else, the NFL needs to like incentivize the Pro Bowl way more than they do. I remember hearing the winning team gets like a, a $50,000 check, maybe less than that. And for NFL players, they're like, I don't give a shit, dude. Like, like they should really be like, okay, winning team gets like X million. And like, if, if oh, you get a touchdown, you get this. If you run for a touchdown, you get this. Like, that's the only way to fix it because the competition level is so low because guys aren't dumb. They all know, like, we're just here. We made the accolade. We can check off Pro Bowl on our resume. We're not going to try to break any records here. Who gives a shit, dude? No one cares. You yeah. couldn't tell me right now. Or break the leg. Got a Pro Bowl records. <laughs> the only Pro Bowl thing I know off the top of my head is uh, Adrian Peterson won MVP as a rookie because the veteran said he was going way too hard. And then Sean Taylor knocking that dude out. On, on the oh, punt. yeah. The Mormon, the punter from the Bills. Yeah, uh, that, that's all yeah. I know from the Pro Bowl game because it's, it's that unimportant. So... They would have to pay these guys a lot more money or figure something out along those lines. Otherwise, yeah, their only way out to keep any kind of interest is do what they did this weekend and have like a skills competition, but simplify it. Because I think, yeah, I think they were overcompensating for the fact that, oh, we have no game. We have no real football. We have to do everything. Let's throw the whole kitchen sink at America. And they kind of overdid it. In yeah, that it, it looked a little more, um, if you'd say full go with the flags, because they knew it was like it, before it was like, if you were going to be tackled, like somebody was in a grasp, then they just blew it dead anyway. Yeah. But yeah, that and, is how it is. Yeah. And, yeah. And it, it's just, that got to be silly also. And it's better. I, I, I preferred, you see guys going full blast, but you got guys like Tyree Hill playing on defense, and, and like rushing up to the line and with using their speed. I mean, some of that was creative. Some of that was kind of neat. Uh, but I mean, overall, it just, it felt silly and out of place. Like you really can't play defense. You really can't do some of the things. It was just quarterbacks, just backyard, some backyard football, just standing back there with all the time in the world and doing kind of what they wanted to do for the most part. You were allowed to blitz, but I think there was a, like, there was almost like, like with challenges, you had a set number that you're permitted to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it's at the end of the season. None of these dudes want to get hurt. Like you said, money wise, some people didn't even know they get paid for the pro bowl. It's like, you get paid for the playoffs, you get paid for the super bowl. Your, your regular season, uh, what's in your contract, what we're going to talk about with some free agents coming up here. That's divided into 17 games by 17 games. You draw a check every single week. So every single time you play, you get a check for that game that you played. Uh, it's one seventeenth of what it is. So even in the preseason and stuff like that, like some of these dudes just you're making stipends and and some uh, stuff like that, but you you're not really getting paid if you're at the lower rung and you're you're getting peanuts if you're a training camp guy. Uh, that's just that's just how it works. So when you get into the postseason and the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is like, yeah, I'm playing in the Super Bowl. We're going to win a championship that's on a whole different level. But the Pro Bowl, it's like $40,000. And I think, was it 
I don't know if it was quite double, uh, an extra 40 that the victors got for this thing, but they don't I'm do it sure. for free. And the vacation <clears throat> isn't in Hawaii anymore where they take their family and they get a trip to Hawaii, which is yeah. awesome. Now you get to go to Las Vegas where all these other schlubs are that are watching the game. <laughs> like it's, it, it kind of beats Orlando or Miami though. I think at least maybe Vegas, but is that not like the worst case scenario for players, like young players and athletes It's like, here, let's send you to Vegas. So like the temptation would just be, I don't know. They're lucky. Yeah, uh, the special teamers. Yeah. That are rookies that have no money to go there. Yeah. I'm sure they love it. Uh, they're lucky. Charles Barkley sticks to basketball. So, <laughs> so, um, moving, moving on, uh, we've got, uh, the meat of the episode, the Steelers free agents who stays and who goes. And we've got quite the laundry list of names to go through that I'm going to be bringing up here in a second, but there's always really, this is where it starts because we need to know who the Steelers are bringing back to know which areas they need to fill holes in not only in free agency itself, looking for players that are free agents or that have not signed with other teams or going after somebody like you saw his name there in the list, Mitchell Trubisky last year when they wanted a quarterback and he was the, like the top name of the free agent class, et cetera, et cetera. But you got to know that to know where your path's going to be. It just so turns out that they also drafted a quarterback, but that doesn't always seem to be the case necessarily. Sometimes they will double down and sign a free agent and draft a guy so they have a veteran and a rookie in a position of need, but you got to know what your positions in need are. And we saw that last year. We knew it was like quarterback. We knew wide receiver. Wide receiver always seems to be a possibility, although this year maybe less than most, uh, most seasons. So let's just, uh, we'll kick it off straight from the top here because I mean, Larry Ogajobi is the first name on this list. My list is from over the cap. We're sourcing from, um, over the cap and what's the other one? Uh, Zach was a spot, uh, sport, sport rack, spot sport rack. rack, sport rack. Yeah, yeah, so, sports rack. I think I don't know. That's somewhere it's where sport track or sport rack. That's their fault for me. It's like PetSmart. Oh, I hate that. I was going to ask you what kind of Chinese you got, which is totally unrelated. Maybe it is related to that. Oh, uh, Sesame Inn, dude. Yeah. Sesame Inn's the spot to be in Pittsburgh, man. I love. <laughs> they give you the biggest portions for dinner orders. I don't know. I'm not the biggest Chinese food guy, but I, I'll do some chicken fried rice. Oh, so exactly. Yeah, like, the chicken is the, is the hero of all the meals that I get from Chinese restaurants. I love the amazing chicken in particular. If you have a chance to try it, it's like General Tso's, but a little bit spicier, a little little twangier. Little, a little, got a little bit of a twang, a little bit of wang to it. So all uh, white meat. All white, all white meat. Of course, the jokes keep writing themselves. By the way, uh, the other site I'll I'll show them that is Spot Rack, which sometimes doesn't always have. It could be Spotrack or Spotrack. Is it Spot Rack or Spot Spot Rack? Spot Rack, Spot Rack, Sputnik. Yeah, something like that. So, um, well, they had all the ones for me there, so I, I went down that list myself. But I'm sure <laughs> they both are accurate. Yeah, but here we go. This one's uh, over the cap. If we miss somebody, then it's somebody's information is wrong. You already see that the 2023 team, there's a label under Anthony Miller. So we don't have to actually, we could bring him up first. He's a good reason why the Steelers might not target a wide receiver. I, I was so hype on this guy. Did you get to see him in camp before he got hurt this year? By any chance? I got to see him, but I disagree yeah. that he affects their uh, strategy of getting a receiver. Oh, but yeah, he was pretty if he comes solid. Back good. If he comes back good. Well, they still have Calvin Austin too. That's going to be coming back from me. So 
But yeah, for a lot of ifs day. in that scenario, I hear. Another ifs, a bunch of ifs. I don't know. Well, I guess, um, I guess uh, if you're listening to all of the clickbait stuff that's out there, Matt Canada doesn't know what to do with them. It's like, I, I took that look like, when I heard that. The way I I took that as is that this guy is like a utility knife, and they could use them anywhere. It's like there's so many ways to use them. Not that like literally we don't know how to use them. That stuff drives me crazy. But top of the list. Larry Ogunjobi, and it tells you how many snaps the guys played. If you're viewing this on YouTube, you could kind of squint and see some of this or make it large on your screen. going to be 29 years old. If he isn't already, sometimes this is um, already averaged out. I know he was around 28 for the, the most of the season here. Uh, almost 60% of the set of the snaps. His uh, current average per year, $8 million. So that's actually, he's the, he's the highest um, earning or the guy that might generate the most money or has generated maybe the most money average per year on their current deal of this free agent group. I know we were talking about this off air. Some of this is going to be yes. Some of this is going to be no. Some of this, uh, there might be a little more gray area too. Larry Okajobi to me, man, I don't know. $8 million. The Steelers have always put their money into their defensive line into their defensive linemen. But I think some of that could be better served putting it over to Alex Highsmith. But do they they have Andy Weidel coming over from the Eagles? And, you know, they we've been uh, really standing for that Eagles defensive line, and they added, like, Adama Kung Su, and who else did they grab off the couch there? Linval Joseph. Uh, Linval Joseph. Yeah, Robert Quinn uh, is there. I mean, they got veteran guys. <clears throat> excuse me. They've got veteran guys that they added to some of the youthful guys or even like veterans like Fletcher Cox. It's been doing it forever. So I don't know if the Steelers want to build a stable of guys like this and give DeMarvin Leal yet another year to develop, or if they're going to roll with him or they're looking at yet another draft pick to add to these guys. So Okajobi for me is kind of, it's in the middle. Like I wouldn't be heartbroken if he doesn't get signed or they go another direction. It seemed like he was always banged up or hurt uh, during the season that could hurt or affect his uh, kind of his stock. We saw what happened in the offseason last year. Huge contract and got voided because he didn't pass the physical with the Chicago Bears. So, you know, he, he could be devalued and entering around uh, age 30 and he could stick around or he could still be valued and people see maybe he's got a chance to rest up, heal, and then show them that uh, he could be that guy that could fetch a huge contract. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Larry O, so on the Sport Rack website, Sport Track, whatever they are, they actually have for select players, a few of them, you can click on their projected market value and see what they're projected to make per studies. I don't know. And Larry O is set at a two-year deal worth about $6.9 million. So for that, yeah, I'll take him back for sure. I think he's got a lot of good football left. Did you say 6.9? Uh, what's up? 6.9? Yeah, oh yeah, very nice. nice. Yeah, nice. it's super nice. And so that's a <laughs> very number. affordable. What's up? Perfect number right there. Now he's got yeah, to come it, back. Very affordable, too, is what I like about it the most. So I would take him back on that number. I don't think that we have, like, the best proven talent and depth behind Cam Hayward. So I'd like to hold on to the guys that we can, that we know are good when they're on the field, Larry O being one of those guys. And I did a whole list here while I was at my adult job uh, today looking at our free agents, and uh, <laughs> that's what I call it. I uh, did a very simple, there's like 20 guys here, right? Give or take. Yeah. And I put a check mark, an X, or a star next to their name. Check mark means yes, want to back. X means no, no thank you. And a star is 
dependent on a few things. Oh, that's Larry messed got a up. Check. I would have used the. Uh, is it like the nice little star where you make like the five points and you draw it like? Oh, that, the whole but, design. I, yeah, yeah. Dude, I, yeah. I, but I would have. I would have made that like that was my like important guy to re-sign and then would have used like a circle or something. No, no, no. This is this oh, is okay. how my Very model official. was created. This is the chemistry <laughs> behind. So you gotta check for yes, star for depends, X for no. Lario got a check for me for yes, but of this list, there's only ten guys. That have a definitive check, so it okay. isn't like I'm just passing those out left and right. So I, okay, I do want him back, but what's up? Oh, no, 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 no. I was just saying okay, but if if you did ten checks and there's twenty guys, that's like that's half of them. But yeah, well, most of these guys cost like three dollars. Like, well, I'm, like there's some guys <laughs> I have yes for like we'll get to them, but yeah, I want Lario <laughs> back because I think of the projected market values I was looking at, his deal is one of the cheapest. So I take him back. If he would sign for that, but if he wants to go seek out another big contract, then I'll pass. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm I'm not. We're not into who else can they get right now. This is just within the Steelers' house. We're gonna look at that. Um, hopefully within the next uh, next week, maybe we'll see. I'm going on vacation, yeah. so and we we we've, we've got um, we got a lot of topics to cover, but. Uh, and lots of time to cover it between now and then, of course. So uh, just a little bit of a programming note there. Uh, Mason Rudolph. And all of a sudden I heard, so I saw some comments where people were like, why is Pittsburgh media standing for this guy? And I think the only other person who's ever stand for him other than me is Mark Caboli. And it's like, okay, just because Mark is all over in his feels about wanting to bring Mason Rudolph back doesn't mean that people are standing for him. In fact, Jerry Dulac's talking about Mitch Trubisky coming back, and that's like a guy that's already under contract. So, and let me let me let me phrase that as well. I think Jerry put that out because some of these folks don't want to be still don't want to be wrong about Mitch Trubisky. It's amazing. There are still people saying, "Well, he didn't have a chance," and I'm not getting into that today. Although we will talk about him individually at the end of this, just because of how that fits into some of this. Who is the Steelers' backup quarterback going to be? behind Kenny Pickett this year. And I'm kind of like, who cares? I don't ever want to see the backup quarterback. I hope we never see the backup quarterback. And if you do see the backup quarterback, you're absolutely fortunate that the Steelers have been able to win any games with said backups, like Charlie Batch. They're real mid-type guys. Landry Jones, uh, a 36-year-old Michael Vick, who was well beyond his prime and made the whole offense go left-handed. Couldn't even find Antonio Brown, who's one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play this game. He couldn't even connect with them. So that that's like the type of play that you're going to end up getting. I'm going to have to see who all hits this free agent wire. But going back to the Pro Bowl, I'm like, Tyler Huntley's in the Pro Bowl. Like, what is going on? This, this screws up the Pro Bowl, too. That's not somebody that's going to be available. It's not somebody that I would necessarily jump at anyway. But you might have, like, a Josh Dobbs or somebody floating around. He will be an actual uh, free agent, I believe. Uh, he didn't have any type of longer-term deal. But that's like a QB3 type thing. And the Steelers will have three quarterbacks. So it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. I don't see... I mean, I could see if the team said, yeah, we want Mason Rudolph back. But by all indications, I don't think that they wanted Mason Rudolph. And the reason he stuck with this roster last season is because Dwayne Haskins passed away. I, I have my serious doubts if they would have kept him. They had an opportunity maybe to trade him, and they didn't. So that's kind of interesting in and of itself, especially when uh, Tomlin's excuse for not playing him later in the season against the Panthers was, 
hey, he hasn't thrown a pass all year, so they're just going to stick with the devil they know with Mitch Trubisky. So would they have some type of situation where they actually bring Mason back as the number two? It would have to be at this, well, they say four point, almost $5 million average per year. He's about a $4 million guy. That's where it's going to have to be at. Or whoever else ends up coming in, a Jacoby Brissett, a Teddy Bridgewaters, you know the names. They're the same guys year in and year out that bounce around the league between different teams. Josh Johnson, he might be available too. <laughs> Hasn't played for the Steelers yet. <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah. I, I have Mason as a star. And if the people remember, star was dependent on a few things. So I don't have him as a check. I don't have him as an X. I'll, I'll take him back, like you said. But it depends on whatever they do with Mitch. And it depends on, I guess, how the free agent quarterback market falls. Because you already mentioned a couple of names there, Jacoby Brissett, et cetera. I'd rather keep a guy who knows the offense inside and out and is comfortable doing what he knows here and just paying him to be the backup in Mason. I have confidence in Mason being a backup quarterback, not a starter, but as a backup, I'm fine with him staying, but it obviously depends on what they do with Mitch. So I have him as a star. Yeah. Um, just to, I, I didn't want to get, yeah, I'm not going to get into this list. I'm looking at a couple of them here and yeah, Jacoby's on there. Some of these guys may not hit it, but you're talking about like Andy Dalton, Taylor Heineke, uh, you know, there that's, that's like like the, prime josh johnson <laughs> he's on there too that's like kind of like the prime guys that you're looking at for this but i can't believe like people are actually in their fields talking about backup quarterback like who cares i don't care who the backup quarterback is so further down the list devin bush this is a hot one i'm sure he's uh garnered a star rather than a check mark from you that's kind of the way that I feel about it. It's, you know, if the guy ah, comes that's back. That's where you're wrong. He's an X. Oh, it's but straight he, X? He, sh he should have been a star, though, once I saw his market value. Because once I saw his market value projected as a year for $3 million, that's literally the deal that I put in my head months ago that I'd be comfortable with him coming back on. Because they need to keep someone in the middle linebacker room. They can't get rid of everybody. They Spillane and Bush are both up for deals, and Miles Jack is – no one knows if they're going to want to keep him at his number or not just yet. So somebody of that three has to stay. So I have him as an X because I, my initial gut reaction was no. But after seeing his projected market value of a year, $3 million, I'll take him back on that. But whatever my opinion's worth, I don't think he'll be back. I don't think so either. Uh, I mean, the fit, when I was talking about Edmonds maybe coming back last year and they didn't do the fifth-year option on him, I said, uh, that's not an indication he won't be back. It's just because of what the market value is, too. Uh, you could yeah. say the same thing about Bush, but I don't think it matters what the market value is like for Devin Bush. And, you know, yeah, he jump, wants a fresh start, I think. Uh, he needs a fresh start, but man, he, he really lost something after he got injured. It's, it's kind of sad. I remember when they were playing against the Chargers and he had like, well, there was another game. It was at home. It might have been, was that the Ravens or something? He gave up a big yeah, play. Yeah, he had a great interception yeah. against the Ravens where he like Man. tipped it back to himself and he scored a touchdown versus the Chargers. His rookie year, it looked like the Steelers made the right call. And unfortunate circumstances beyond both parties' control. You know, the injury to Devin Bush derailed everything. He was It was the right call setting up for him. It just, unfortunately, he blew out his name. Yeah, I think so too. Um, next on the list, Cam Sutton, Cameron Sutton. I think Sutton, um, it shows it's a void year on this, uh, 87.5% snaps, 28 years old. This guy, Swiss Army knife, literally could be used anywhere on the field. I think he's very important to this defense. If you're 
pissed off that Mike Hilton didn't come back to this team. You should feel equally pissed off if they don't bring Cam Sutton back. That's the way I feel about it. I don't care what other corner they might draft. I don't know that there's necessarily guys out there that they're just going to sign that are going to be at any level higher than a Levi Wallace or a Killer Witherspoon type of addition. That's why Cam Sutton, am I saying Cam Sutton's cornerback one? I might not say that necessarily, but he's definitely a corner two. For for and and more nickel corner uh, fl- flows in as a safety. Do you happen to have a market value on him? That there was there any estimate by any chance on Sutton? I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, no, I do. There there was about one, two, three. There's like six, five or six guys I have their market value on it. Sutton, I agree. He's a, he's a perfect CB two fringe CB one. So a CB two with like an asterisk next to it. He's very versatile. He's a unicorn because the Steelers cannot develop corners they draft, not since uh, Brian McFadden and Ike Taylor. You know, they can't develop in-house corners. And Sutton has been kind of like the one exception. So I want to hold on to him. I think he's a good locker room guy, very smart. His market value is a three-year, $22.9 million deal. That's, if people remember, I don't expect them to. We brought Steven Nelson in here, I believe, a four-year, like $22 million deal, something like that. So to get a cornerback two who's good, not just an average one, he's a above-average cornerback two, that's right where you would expect to pay. And, I mean, if he has a good agent, he might squeak that for like $25, $26 million. But I would expect Steelers trying to get him around that $23 million deal uh, for three years and for what he offers and how important he is to the defensive back room. I think you, you make that deal 10 times out of 10. He, he's a check mark for me for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, he was my priority two years ago. I think he's, he doesn't break the bank and in being this high up on the list, he is once again, a priority uh, this year. Um, let's jump down next is Chris warmly played about 32% of the snaps age 30, four and a half million average per year. That's a no for me, dog. Uh, I think he was part he's been part of the problem at containing the run. Um, I know he had like his handful of sacks and something a couple of seasons ago, but overall, I just, I'm not feeling it. Let's go with somebody younger and give somebody like Isaiah Loudermilk or DeMarvin Leal some more PT. I think it's more important to develop those players than to stick around with a guy that's just kind of a mid-tier backup. In my he got opinion. an X from me too. And, and okay. X mainly because of his market value. It's two years for $11.8 million. That's a lot of money for a guy who doesn't play it the most snaps and has kind of not been the best since he's been here. He's an average player, but I was actually shocked to see his market value projected is higher than Larry O's. You know, yeah. two years, 11.8. Larry O is two years, 6.9. Nice. So I think warmly, mm-hmm. it just, he's going to price himself too high for whatever reason. And I, I won't be sorry to see him go. If, if we could bring him back for a million bucks, I, I would take the depth and the veteran experience, but he, he's not that good. So yeah, he's got an X for me. Yeah, uh, I'm with you 100% of the way. Uh, next one's an interesting topic. Got used a lot more on the offense this year. Special teams ace, Derek Watt. I bring him check, back. Yes, check, that's an easy check. one. That's an easy one, I think. And and I, I like the way he was utilized. I mean... Uh, I just love the way he gets the people riled up, too. Like, oh, we're spending so much money on Derek Watt. He makes, like, nothing. Dude. I, I'll totally take him back. Yeah, to one of the people, offers. Because is, of, uh, what's up? Everybody's talking about cap hit. 
That's why, because the money's been floated forward. It, you know, they don't understand. It's like average per year or whatever that the guy made peanuts. Okay. It was a 4 million cap hit, which was the highest on offense but until Deontay Johnson signed his deal. Right. That's yeah, an offense. who's paying nobody. We have all yeah. first and second year guys. Yeah. That's precise. That's precisely it. It's, it's preposterous. And it wasn't like he was making 4 million each year. And again, there, there are players around the NFL on special teams that aren't just specialists, such as kickers or punters that are making that type of scratch. So, uh, that doesn't bother me in the least bit. Uh, let's see Jesse Davis who, Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Ch uh, There's like just... three or four guys I didn't even write down. And he was one of them. If a guy didn't play at all, like I don't No, he cares. didn't play. I didn't write him down. Yeah, he didn't play. Um, let's see. Tyson Alualu. I'm sorry, X. my friend. You are you're sorry, dude. Yeah, father's time has come knocking. Marcus Allen. X. Yeah. Huge X. Huge, huge, huge X. I am so sick of Marcus Allen, dude. I'm so sick of him being in every team picture being like oh here's the Steelers warming up there's Marcus Allen dancing on the side like it wasn't I never got mad at Juju or anybody but Marcus Allen doesn't do a damn thing for this football team and he's always front and center for the cameras man like he's like oh Mr. Franchise he's not good I also heard low-key Persaurus he's kind of a locker room cancer like divides the locker room a little bit trying to be Mr. Cool Guy like oh we want to listen to this music you want to listen to that like and there's busting balls and there's being a dick and I've heard he's a dick on more than one occasions. So yeah, he can get the hell out of town. <laughs> that's great. What are my I favorite also guys? I don't like Penn state. So that's all lost on Ooh. me. Oh, he was so good at Penn state. Yeah, Irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fifth round pick. I mean, pretty expendable. I'm surprised he's lasted as long Dude, as he I has seen him projected to the Steelers the first round. When the season started, I would see him first round mock to us a couple different times. And then he ended up going fifth round. And that explains why mock drafts are just plain stupid, especially like this time of the year. Also, like it just drives me crazy. Uh, Terrell Edmonds is uh, back in, in the saddle with me, too. I think he's a priority he may even be just as high a priority as Sutton, depending on what happens with you may as well. I, I know I was going to go a little further down the list. It's a Monte Casey as well is on here might as well pair them together because you need one or the other for sure i'd love to have yeah, them both yeah they're, they're both checks for me but like they're, they're basically stars because it depends I, I want both to stay 100 percent, but if one leaves the other definitely has to stay so yeah they're, they're both checks and edmonds is only at two years or his projected market value for terrell edmonds is two years 10.9 million i'll pay that easily for terrell edmonds Casey didn't even have one, which if the guy doesn't have one, it usually means because he can be retained for like yeah. pennies. Yeah. His current, his current value. I mean, uh, Edmonds was at like two and a half and, uh, Casey was at 1.1. 1 .1. Um, I mean, if you can get Edmonds, even at the, like three and a half to four, I'm totally on board with that for sure. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. Uh, next on the list is, uh, Bobby Spillane. And that's kind of an interesting one. He's finally an unrestricted free agent, 28 years old, 55.3% of snaps. He was making about two and a half mil per year this past season. 
So I think Spillane's an interesting one. He's pretty much in that same category. I'd rather have Spillane back than Devin Bush. And if you're going to keep Miles Jack around, Spillane, it's just, he's not a three down backer. You know what I mean? And there's guys we're going to talk about that are hitting free agency and perhaps even guys they could look at in a draft. I still think inside linebacker is a extreme weakness for the Steelers, but you got to have somebody behind that. It seems to be, even if they don't have the guy or like when Bush went down, Shazier went down, um, you're trying to roll with like Mark Barron, uh, you know, John Bostick's still floating around the league somewhere, you know, like th- those type of guys. And it's just none of that has ever seemed to have worked out for the Steelers. I think if you have a chance to upgrade, you should certainly upgrade. It's the way I feel about both of those safety spots we were talking about with Edmonds and Casey, obviously. But I'd bring Spillane back because he also offers, I think, quite a bit of deal on special teams as well. Hard-nosed player. And he's somebody you could throw out there. Like, if you're going to just throw the house at, let's say, Lamar Jackson is there with the Ravens and they're running the football and you want to stop the run, then Bobby Spillane's a guy that you want to have uh, on the field there. I think, I I, I don't know. Uh, if you're, if you've got the check mark or the star or... He's a star. He's, he's a star because I, I alluded to this earlier. I said it, the middle linebacker spot, I want somebody to stay. So it's going to be someone. Um, I'm kind of overspoiled, honestly, because, yeah, he is good at what he is good at, as dumb as that sounds. But the Steelers don't know that more than anyone else. Like, they put him out there for situations that aren't good, and then he gets exposed. So if, if they knew how to use him to his fullest potential and limit that, I, I'm, I'm he's a check. But he's a star right now because I'll take him back, but – it's really dependent upon – I don't want all three dudes back because like you kind of said there, I want them to upgrade in a sense. I want them to either draft a guy or bring someone in. So one of the three heavy players of Jack, Bush, and Spillane, somebody's going to leave. And um, I, I want one of the three, if too possible, to stay. So right now Spillane is a star. Like you said, he offers special teams value, which is more than Bush does. So that's why yeah. – Bush, like I said, is an X and Spillane is at least a star. So that that's how I view their pecking order right now, I guess. I guess we should, uh, if you're just joining us and you're hearing about Bobby Spillane is a star, that means it's a maybe and the grading system for Zach. So he's going to hear that? Yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. A I, star, I have a key here. A have, yes is checkmark. Bring him back. <laughs> X is no. Star means dependent on a few things. That actually reminds me, I was looking here. I think I have it somewhere. Uh, Brian always used to have like the notepad. He brings it out like to mock draft day. It's like whoever or no one else, like the little post-its. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like last year, I think it was Jordan Davis or no one else was who he was. Uh, oh, right. Really the from for. draft day. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, terribly photoshopped as it would be. Uh, moving along, Malik Reed, I think we can just say pass. Not interesting. Brian thinks Photoshop is where you go to buy photos. <laughs> That's he's gonna hate you for that. You know, he's got a lot of <laughs> But that was good, right? Dude, yeah, Malik Reed is a is a big X for me. He didn't do anything besides he got like two holding calls called, which were good, but I mean zero sacks or one sack. I don't know. They didn't get the impact that he had in Denver when they traded a fifth round pick for him. He was very, very unnoticeable. He was just there. So pass here this is what the Steelers thought of Malik Reed they uh, thought enough of him to put to Marvin Leal who they had put uh weight on in the offseason and slide him back over to playing outside linebacker uh over on the edge as he did in college more like a defensive end 
Jameer um, Jones was playing more than him. Yeah. I, well, I was about to bring him up too. And then they were bringing in like what Ryan Anderson or whatever. And yeah, it was just Alabama. like, yeah, just anybody they could get. I, I know for some of it just to be in rotation, but for Pete's sake, I mean, Malik Reed really like fell off a cliff. Like he just wasn't out there whatsoever uh, as the season wore on. Uh, I wanted to look at like his defensive snaps here. Uh, this will give you a little bit of an indication. I'm going to pull this up from our friends at uh, Pro Football Reference. So uh, 32 snaps week one. I mean, that, that was the game where the Bengals had 100 offensive plays. Uh, then of course, TJ Watts hurt. So it was like 45, 57, 37, 32, 50, 45. So these are all like 50 to 80% type thing. 63%, 53, whatever. TJ Watt comes back. Dude gets 14 snaps, 30%, 29, 22, 31, a whopping nine against the Panthers. And somewhere in between, you'll also notice that he doesn't even play, uh, in week 15. They realized he wasn't good. Yeah, it's just he was out. And that's because Leal ended up coming back. During what portion of this, uh, Leal was getting some of those uh, reps as well. So uh, moving moving just smoothly along here. Let's see. Trenton uh, Scott. Um, yeah, he's, an, uh, he's a UFA, uh, unrestricted free agent. So there's no other RFAs on this. I, I really don't know what to say about this as far as a depth guy. You could usually just these guys off of a tree or whatever or find them just yeah pass garden variety type yeah uh unfortunately i hate to say that because you know these are all human beings and whatnot and these are our jobs but uh it's a young man's game and there's people that are always cycling in and you're it's the devil you don't know in this case a guy that might have some upside or a ceiling or uh don't forget that Steelers. we're talking about mike bunchak earlier two undrafted guys on that offensive line in Alejandro Villanueva and Ramon Foster, both on the left side of that line. They find another like undrafted guy. You never know. Maybe Scott could be. He was that tackle eligible type guy, but I don't know. I just don't see him ascending even into Dan Moore's spot. If he can't beat him out, then that's uh, that's quite problematic. Uh, moving along, uh, Jeremy McNichols, he got hurt in training camp. He came in for like a quick minute to try and revive his running back career. I guess he's an RFA. He must not have been a ten, uh, tenured NFL player for four seasons. That's yeah, the only these way are back-to-back -back guys I didn't even write down, so yeah. I'm good. Yeah, well, that's fine. And then Carl jo <laughs> Carl, <laughs> Carl Joseph, who also got I hurt. I have him down. He's an ex, but I have him down at least. Yeah, ship sailed. Dude, uh, unfortunately, can't stay healthy, so if they could get more uh, depth at the safety position. I guess position. he would be a fringe star for my, rank, for my key here if – they were to lose Edmonds and Casey both, but that's a reality I don't want to try to imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. JC Hassenauer, restricted free agent, should be back. Check cheap. mark. Big check mark for JC, which is might surprise some people, but the fact of the matter is Kendrick Green, Kendrick Green is not good. Uh, he's bad. And what? at this no point, way. I would what's up? I said no way. Yeah, dude, you, you surprised? I I I normally former flash i'd be in his corner backing him up hoping for the best but i've learned from guys who actually got to play like Artie burns and sean davis that sometimes it just doesn't click man and and i don't think that kendrick green is anything any reason for them not to try to retain the backup center at this point so keep jc heiss an hour he probably costs like nine hundred thousand dollars keep him by the off chance they don't get a better center in the draft because right now odds are that Mason Cole is probably your starter for 2023 unless they're able to get the best center in the draft or 
maybe the second best. But anything other than that, Mason Cole is your starter. So keep J.C. Heisenauer because he's he's a solid backup center. He knows mm-hmm. the guard spots as well. Yeah, and he'll be dirt cheap. Yeah, there's a guy that's a veteran of the Alliance of American Football. I always bring that up. The Birmingham Iron, which was like a uh, pseudo. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got him from there, uh, yeah. Tim Lewis, uh, linebacker's coach with Bill Cower, was the head coach for that uh, team, too. Ray Horton's coach at somewhere, I think, XFL or USFL, too, I saw. He's the he's the Mahler's coach, I think. Yeah. Meanwhile, you, know, you know what? I think you're right. I think you are correct on that. We could probably verify that, but it's actually I'm a not... big Mahler's guy, dude. Yeah. Robert oh, Foster. Big... Okay. All Ruben right, Foster. <laughs> I thought you would, but yeah, come on, man. Come on. You sound like me, uh, where I was always screwing up Michael Thomas and uh, Matthew Thomas. <laughs> I do it with my dogs every day. So uh, let's see. Hassenauer, we've got two wide receivers paired together here near the bottom. Steve Sims and Miles Boykin. Bring them both back. Uh, Boykin's unrestricted, but Sims is restricted, so that makes one easier than the other. They're both checks for me. Boykin's special teams value speaks for itself, and Sims really came on strong at the end of the year and i think he's a comfortable comfortable piece for canada and a comfortable target for kenny pickett so um keep him for camp uh at the very least because you never know what's going to happen with injuries and whatnot and again i think him and boykin both are uh really cheap so might as well keep them both yep totally agree with you on that one and then uh jameer jones um not like the i'm not the biggest fan but maybe they still see some type of development or reason to have him stick around could be a camp body type i thing. gave him an x but you're right i mean he did play yeah. more than malik reed it felt like at times at the end of the year and like he did when he was here the first time before we cut him there was real promise there he was just really quiet we brought him back this year but i have him as an x but i can see why he would be brought back for like pennies on a dollar Oh, yeah. And by the way, um, let me go back to Sims. I'm not sure that I actually made my point there, but restricted. Just so you know, that everybody that was on this list is an unrestricted free agent. So this is a guy that they could easily, um, they kind of have like the rights to him. Now, if you're an actual like draft pick and further up the chain, blah, 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 blah. It almost kind of works like if another team sign and there's offer sheets and all these other things. But for some of these guys that bounced around or on a second team, some of that's null and void. But uh, the Steelers kind of control the destiny with being able to have some sort of say uh, and being able to keep them if somebody else were poking around. It wouldn't just be like the Niners throwing money at Ray Ray McLeod, for example. Um, yeah. Christian Kuntz. Uh, long snapper, he's got to be back, right? Oh, yeah, uh, big check. And for he's, an, he's an exclusive rights, uh, free agent. So, he's or, he is. yeah, yeah, he's he's there, he's there. Unless they bring some bread, I, I love Christian Kids. They, you know, they bring people in sometimes to compete at this spot, but uh, they did well enough job, they'll do it again. And I, he'll you be gotta keep him modest, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's what they did with Camp Canada, that's how this dude got the job to begin with. Um, uh, Benny Snell. Unrestricted free agent showed us a little bit of something, but uh, sorry, Sayonara. The that running back room is just they, they got Master Teague on a futures contract. Master Teague in camp looked a lot better than I actually thought, and I could be somebody that's at least further down or a practice squad guy that kind of gets called up if somebody else gets banged up. But with Najee and Jalen Warren, uh, you're talking to Anthony McFarland truther here, so yeah. I still think he has something to show. The one opportunity he got, he played really well. And we didn't see him the rest of the year. Was that the Panthers game, maybe? I don't remember. But he, he got one game where he was looking like, oh, this is the McFarlane we were hoping for. And they didn't have to use him the rest of the year. But I'd rather keep McFarlane than Benny Snell, especially because Najee like, is Benny Snell, but times a thousand. Like he's what Benny Snell would be if he was sick. 
So we don't need a second poor man's version of Najee. And um, like I said, or not like I said, sorry, uh, Najee's a bell cow. So the fact that Jalen Warren plays as much as he does, that's like a miracle in itself. So to give money to an RB3, like just keep the in-house guys. Yeah, totally with you. I was trying to think. Um, that was the Colts game. Uh, Anthony McFarland, six oh, rushes, thirty game, yards. I was thinking of the yeah. uh, the blue and two for eleven. Well, he had a good preseason game too, where he really yeah, he he popped off the chart, and you were like, "Whoa, this guy looks like Le'Veon Bell," and not just that was versus the Panthers, right? Yeah, uh, that was versus the Panthers. Maybe. That's what I was thinking. No, of wait then, a second. Yeah. They didn't play. Did they play the Panthers this year in the preseason? I think this is like one year where they didn't play the Panthers. It was always or like maybe it was the Jaguars or somebody. Yeah, something like that. Uh, it's preseason. It's not important. Yeah, uh, anyways, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> spaceships don't have rearview mirrors. Um, that's uh, old saying from. Uh, I'm trying to think what my our, our friend's name was that was on the practice squad and injured a corner from South Carolina or lived out in South Carolina. Oh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, that's very disappointing of me. I oh, wish I oh, oh Boykin. Uh, no, 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 uh, no. It'll come back. But he used to do the show, some of the pregame shows with us here. Yeah, there was a, a guy ago. who, oh, uh, not right. him. We had a practice squad guy named Boykin, who not not Brandon Boykin, but yeah, I know you're talking about. Now I can't remember his his name now. Oh yeah, it's and it, I hate when I get something like stuck just on the tip of my tongue like that. Well, continue because corner came up next here. Of uh, ironically, James Pierre. I uh, I am not a big fan of playing him. But if he's going to be your corner five and a special teams type guy, okay, bring him to camp. Let's see what happens. You said it all. I, I have a star for him. It really depends on if they can't bring Cam Sutton back, definitely. But if they can, I'm not as worried about it. But, yeah, I, I would take him back for cheap. Yep, absolutely. And we got one more. Zach Gentry. Gentry tight end two. I love, this guys. he's kind of edged up to where – I, I'm like, do I put him over even uh, like how high up do I put him? I think he's pretty integral to this offense. I think we, he needs we to be put back. in the work to retain Zach Gentry. He he was a, a feral deer lost in the woods when we drafted him Bambi. And we turned him into this big, strong buck. Who's a good blocking tight end adds a little juice on offense. Yeah. We have Connor Hayward, but Connor Hayward is exclusively he, I, I, I struggle calling him a tight end because he, he's a versatile. He moves all around. He's like a, a fire hydrant receiver. You know, I love calling him the fire hydrant. He's not he's not a prototypical tight end. And should be told, Firemuth hardly is, you know. But Zach Gentry offers something in the blocking game that Pat Firemuth and Connor Hayward don't. And like I said, the Steelers and the staff put in the hard work to develop Zach Gentry to what he is right now. They aren't going to want to let him go. They took a real projection pick on him when they drafted him and they turned him into a a good starter as, as a tight end too they aren't going to want to let him go i think he adds value to the offense i like his uh locker room presence as well him and pat fired with are great friends uh he seems to get along with a lot of players i've noticed him and kenny pickett uh often celebrate together after the offense does something well so he just he has a lot of value that you don't really see on every single snap but I'm definitely a Zach Gentry fan. I think he should be retained and similar to a lot, a lot of these lower level guys on the roster. Um, he's going to be cheap. So just keep him. Yeah. Okay. Well, I gave you my top three. I think I've got my top three, Cam Sutton, Terrell Edmonds, and Zach Gentry. Is that that'd, your top that, that'd be my top three with um, honorable mention Casey. 
Larry O's probably my honorable. And then I'd probably have KZ, so that'd round out of the top five. If they Gosh, I forgot about Larry O, you're right. Yeah, it makes it tough, right, doesn't they're, they're it? But both, it's the money. They're both three. What if, but you, what if you can get Edmonds and KZ for the same price as Larry Ogunjobi or even less than what he might fetch somewhere else? I mean, that's tough, but you got to be able to, you got to be able to, you got to have somebody that could put, uh, tire out that offense, the offensive line. So Alex Highsmith and TJ Watkins, and I said it in that order too, because one Who guy is greater than one. And I trust yeah. the Steelers to draft defensive line more than secondary. So I'd rather keep that's where I'm proven. What? That's where I'm at too. Bring yeah. something back. I, I like, I'd rather go sign somebody that's a veteran to play in the secondary because it just has not worked out, especially corners. It just doesn't seem to work out. Uh, that could change though. New regime. Uh, Brandon Hunt's not there heading up the scout, the scouts and the scouting department. And maybe that'll be different. Maybe it'll be different, but it just, it, it does. I feel, uh, I feel they've been snake bitten with this over the years. So, uh, that was a pretty good, a pretty good list. Um, as we're talking about that, of course, Mitchell Trubisky, and there's plenty of noise that's coming around with his name. And it's like, will he be back next year? Well, who's going to be the backup quarterback? And like I said, I really don't care, but just to throw it out there real quick, because we have to, he is not scheduled to be a free agent, but the reasoning, the reasoning that, uh, there is some speculation as to his future with the Pittsburgh Steelers is just this simple. Do you see that uh, cap savings? Should they cut him? It is $8 million. They'll only owe him 2.6. Otherwise, he's a $10.6 million cap hit in 2023 to be a backup quarterback of which he is not projected to be a starter. That is a luxury this team or any team does not have to pay. I don't care. There are people that have been throwing around the nonsense that, well, since they're not paying Kenny a whole lot, they can keep Mitch around for this. And for what reason do you actually feel safe and secure if Mitchell Trubisky's number is called and he has to come in and start some games? I don't. I don't at now, all. Teams succeed be... with rookie contracts for quarterbacks and putting money elsewhere because they don't spend it on the backup quarterback. Yeah, that's, that seems like the most asinine thing. Like you wouldn't even want to do that if you were building a Madden roster, like, <laughs> and you had no. the, and you had the salary cap turned on. So, uh, for folks that are just like all you know worried and concerned and and thinking to themselves like, well, what are the Steelers going to do about a backup quarterback? Like at this point, does it really matter? And Zach, you weren't uh you weren't part of this discussion, but somebody brought this up to me on the old on the old Twitter. Uh I got tweeted. I'm sorry I didn't uh, grab the name of who tweeted at me, but uh there was uh Bob Labriola is asked and answered, right? He has that column on Steelers.com. He's he had ranked he said somebody had asked him to rank four quarterbacks. It wasn't Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger, but it was as follows Cordell Stewart. Um, I don't really say his name, but the Super Bowl 30 quarterback that wore 14 uh, rhymes with banana peel. And then um, now we'll say it, Neil. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't do it just out of uh, respect to Brian. <laughs> uh, Bubby, it's so bad that I don't even remember everybody else's name. Mark Malone and Bubby Brister. And we were actually quite surprised at where Bubby kind of ranks out with all of this. So somebody, uh, somebody was asking me, well, what were my thoughts about yet uh, another starting quarterback? He wasn't part of this conversation. Maybe he doesn't get enough love or maybe he does. One Tommy Maddox, the Tommy gun. And I'm kind of curious, uh, were you, were you old enough to partake in the Tommy gun era, Tommy gun days? 
Uh, God, that was right before my time, dude. I probably uh, saw just from passing and playing with toys and whatnot, Tommy Maddox on my television screen. But my first year of like really paying attention to the Steelers and like really rooting was uh, 2005. Uh, so Ben's second year and we won the Super Bowl. So they hooked me pretty easy. You know, that's a great year to jump on. But I miss the Tommy Maddox days. But I have seen like mini documentaries and top 10 shows about his miraculous uh, yeah. run with the Steelers because he was a total bust, uh, former first overall pick and whatnot of the Broncos, was too young and skinny to even play in the NFL, kind of like the NBA, drafting a high schooler. And he busted out, and the Steelers got him back, and he was pretty good. Uh, so I got respect for Tommy Maddox. I never watched him play. Um, I am surprised Kenny Pickett couldn't break that top four from Ariola when he couldn't get in already. I put Kenny well, Pickett in. Well, it was somebody that asked it. They were asking, yeah, Kenny, uh, uh, you got to give Kenny like two more seasons to start being no, statistically. Don't. Was Bobby Brisbane ever the franchise quarterback, believe? Yeah, sadly he was, but. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but never, not a first rounder though. Like, um, you know, Malone was a first rounder. Uh, Neil I was, I think, was a third, from uh, third. Arizona State. Jake yeah. Yeah, Neil Neil was like a third rounder. Maybe Bubby was somewhere in there too. Uh Tommy Maddox was the um oh twenty-fifth overall pick of the nineteen ninety-two NFL draft. Oh, 25th overall. Broncos yeah, first yeah. rounder, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine that though? Like uh you're 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 bringing in like Tom or Tommy Maddox with a first round pick. Like what kind of luxury is that when you kind of think of it? You know what I mean? Oh, because um, they had Elway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, he had two seasons there. I got his numbers up. Uh, he bounced around the league. He was out of the NFL after the 1995 season. With After uh, 94, he was with the Rams. 95, he was with the Giants. He was out. He was in the XFL in the year 2000, the only year that they played. The LA Extreme, he was the MVP of the entire league. Yeah, and, if that happened today, that'd be sick. Yeah. That'd be like Zach Mettenberger or uh, Johnny Manziel coming back and leading a team to the playoffs. Um, probably more like, I think Manziel, like that's a, that's a really good one or somebody else, like a Paxton Lynch or somebody that fell out of the, Jake Walker. they could take him by uh, with the Broncos. Yeah. Being out of football. And then all of a sudden, uh, playing, there was somebody that was just making their case like that recently. They were trying to get a tryout somewhere. Maybe it was Canada or whatever. I'm trying to think where that was. It might've been USFL last year. Somebody was trying to break the ice. I can't remember who that was. Oh, by the way, uh, name came to me, Trey johnson trey's corner that's oh, what the yeah, show yeah, was yeah. about five years ago we were doing that man time flies so uh maddox yeah, was cool shout out trey yeah maddox comes in 2001 and we're kind of up against it i want to go through all of his career statistics but uh you can see he is about as mid as mid can be there as well he had uh 32 starts 42 games played 15 16 and one as a starter with the steelers 58.2 passes completed for 7139 yards 42 touchdowns 40 interceptions. I mean, right down the line, about as much wins, losses, everything was a 500 level guy. That's why they moved on uh, and drafted Big Ben Roethlisberger. Maddox wanted to get like a contract contract at that time, and they were just kind of like, no. Uh, I think he was seeking out like a five year, whatever kind of deal. And, I remember hearing that uh, yeah. in, in, in shows and stuff talking about it. he wasn't exactly happy they picked Ben. 
yeah, would you? <laughs> you think you finally got your comeback and everything? And he kind of hung around and was a little bit of a backup here or there. And, hey, he got hurt. And, he, you know, you don't usually lose your job to injury. But they also is the same thing. You drafted this guy in the first round to eventually be the guy. I mean. Uh, Talk to Drew Bledsoe about that. Yeah. Oh, Drew Bledsoe. That's another kind of Drew Bledsoe was the guy long enough though to kind of know that you're moving in another direction. Oh, I don't feel bad for that guy. He did just fine for his life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, playing for the Patriots, it's like, yeah, you don't feel like a, a whole lot of sympathy, but yeah, where would Tommy be in all of this? Uh, that's a pretty interesting, uh, thing. I still think he's behind all of the guys we already mentioned because we figured out that Bubby was maybe better than what he was, uh, Cordell, way ahead of his time. Neil probably uh, gets a lot more flack than what he should. Although there was somebody that was still arguing about him leaving and whatnot. I don't think he wanted to stay like, and maybe people run him out of town. He made a little bit more money to go to the jets. Uh, yeah, but you know what? He wasn't a big game quarterback. He was also very mid in this same kind of aspect. And of course, Mark Malone's in there too. So if you, if you're going to do anything, you might, uh, you might want to say you can put Tommy Maddox above, uh, maybe Mark Malone, but yeah, I think he's still like a fifth on this. And I'll probably ask Brian that same question as well as we move forward. Uh, provided we don't have another show uh, the rest of the week and whatnot, I think I wanted to uh, just uh, float the whole uh, Super Bowl or, as you were saying, we need to call it the big game like everyone else calls it. It's the big game. It's the confetti game. We're not allowed to use the trademark branding because we don't pony up don't to be get a sued. partner. Yeah, no lawsuits. Uh, but uh, who you got? I got the Eagles. I think the Eagles. I, I think the Eagles will win, but I'm rooting for the Chiefs. If that makes sense. I, I mean, that's fair enough. Uh, I'm rooting for Javon over Juju. I'm happy for both of those guys. Way more happier than Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell getting to play in Me this too. game a few years ago because they cried their way out of town to try and get whatever. These are guys that uh, they did, they work hard. Uh, real, not to say that they that Bell and Brown didn't work hard, but it's just I think it's more the attitude kind of deal and uh neither one of them really left pittsburgh because pittsburgh kicked them out the door i understand maybe maybe with juju they just wanted to go a different direction or they didn't feel he was the right fit yeah well those people uh, suck loved. no yeah. most people like Hargrave and juju still i, I love agree. them i love them both uh and i'm very happy i'm happy for both of those guys so yeah, I'm gonna go with the Eagles. I didn't see a line. You you happen to know it off the top of your head by any chance? Uh, I don't know the line. I think the over is right around like 47 or something like that. But I, I do like the, bet. I, I, man, <laughs> I like the Eagles to win, but I, I want to root for the Chiefs just for a lot of their storylines. And I, I do like. I, I still love Juju. I'm not worried about Mahomes like getting more rings. I really could care less about that. I think it's inevitable because he's so great. Uh, so I hope the Chiefs win. And my buddy, my good buddy's fiance's grandma passed away a couple months ago, and she was a diehard Chiefs fan, like Arrowhead, like through and through. So I told him I'd root for the Chiefs for her. Yep, sounds good, my friend. All right, thanks. I'm such a good guy like that, you know. Yeah. Hey, we're up against it. We said we wouldn't have a very long show, but man, getting through that free agents list can be a little daunting, especially when you got X's, O's and check marks and stars and lucky charms and everything else that you have on your list. But I love it. I love the way this guy, he puts in the work. He's putting in the work too. black leather gloves, uh, you know, all that stuff. There we go. I love it, man. You look sophisticated. I think sophisticated is a great word for it. 
Uh, put some tape on the middle of those, and you would look like what, what's the name of the brothers from Slapshot? The 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 hockey oh, I movie. Don't know, dude. Uh, <laughs> that's before your time too. Oh man, and, and like I said, I'm losing my mind here. So we're just gonna leave it at that. When I can't even remember uh, some uh, small Should detail think like so that. 50. No, I don't think. Maybe, maybe you're an old soul. I don't know. I don't know. But the, you're saying that Brian would have to go to the, look for the Photoshop like PetSmart. <laughs> that's rotten he's sitting there in in nashville or whatever putting up with the country music hall of fame this week as he told the story on the last show so he's gonna have time on his hands and i guarantee he jumps in and has something to say about that so comment below my friend yes like comment and subscribe that'll do it for us my name's joe his name's zach folks uh here we go Super Bowl right around the corner Eh, i might have something else to pump out here real quick so maybe some thoughts uh, and things and stuff. But thanks once again, Flash, for joining us today. And until next time, as we always like to do on the show, we'd like to leave our viewers and listeners out there with a great thank you. Our thank you to our two percenters. And until next time, be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website www.steelcityunderground.com 